another episode of Buckeye Dads Discuss. I'm Josh. And I'm April. And no Andy today. Uh, we're going to pick up where April and I last left off. Uh, we last had a conversation about the state of movies and what we were anticipating for the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. The two movies that were really going to highlight uh, the start of this new phase were Wonder Woman 1984, a DC movie, uh, and Disney Pixar released the new movie Soul. April and I finally got around to watching both of these movies after the holidays, so we're going to talk about them. <laughs> All right, April, so let's start with uh, the DCEU Wonder Woman. That was the one that we chose to watch at the end of Christmas Day, and uh, I think we picked wrong, I'll say. She's going right at it, are you? Um, I don't think we picked wrong. I think um, not having any movies in theaters as of any time late, I was very excited to finally get, get to watch a big blockbuster movie, even though it was at home. So um, the problem for me watching movies at home like that is that I easily fall asleep. So the first time I watched this, I probably was dozing off through the first 20 minutes of this movie. So I don't know what that says about it. But on rewatch, I actually did watch the whole thing. And I have many opinions about whether there are good things and bad things in this movie. And there are definitely both. So overall, I guess uh, this movie just is... In the middle for me, I think that it did a bad job of moving the Wonder Woman story forward. Um, I think the first movie is a lot better than this movie. Chris Pine coming back is, I guess, some people's cup of tea. I love him as an actor. I don't think he's needed really in this movie. I think she can hold a movie all on her own, and he doesn't need to be the crutch in which to get her through this. But um, Cheetah was um, a lot to be said about that, so we can dive into it further. But what did you think? Uh, I was even more critical of the movie than you just were in that brief synopsis. Um, I was so excited for this movie. Again, I think Wonder Woman uh, has been carrying the DCEU. Um, and again, it's a pretty low bar because I think the movie, um, the DC movie arc as a whole, it pales in comparison uh, to Marvel. Uh, it's not even close. Uh, and that's for a variety of reasons. I really, really dislike this movie, and I'm sure a part of it is that, like you said, that we had such such high expectations for this movie after the first movie. You know, this is the first blockbustery type movie that we watched probably since I don't know Netflix's Extraction, which I thought was also horrible, <laughs> and I know you liked a little more than I did. Uh, so it's been a very long time since we had a blockbuster. But let's take a step back real quick before we get into the specifics of this movie. This is a DCEU movie. I've talked quite a bit on the show already about how much, you know, the Marvel franchise is something that's just amazing uh, from a pop culture standpoint. Uh, really one of the, the big accomplishments of uh, 21st century pop culture. Uh, and DCEU, again, I love Batman as a kid. Um, I thought he was... Batman and Spider-Man for me growing up as the two main characters um, that I watched cartoons for and was really into. Uh, but really a lot of the rest of the DCEU, uh, not, a, not a huge um, pull for me. Uh, and the films have been less than good over, overall, I would say. What do you think? I 100% agree with that. However, I was just had higher expectations for this movie because I do think uh, a lot of people would agree with me that the Wonder Woman movie is the best that there is in the DCEU. So sticking with this movie in particular, I think um, I just really enjoy Gal's portray of Wonder Woman and I have no tie-ins from comics or anything like that. So I just take what I'm given on screen and see where it goes from there. So I think she does an amazing job as Wonder Woman. She's very regal. Every time she's on the screen, I think she just is the essence of Wonder Woman and you can't look away from her, whether she's in the costume or she's not. So I think that's amazing casting and 
I think she pulls the movie off all on her own. Now, all the things around her in this movie I don't think are that great. DC's had a really hard time with villains, <laughs> to say the least. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just another situation where the villain in this movie is way over the top. And I think in hindsight, maybe it was supposed to be. But Pedro Pascal is just like going for it in this movie. And he is definitely not likable. And he has no consequences for his actions in this movie. Um, his character is not fully explained. Like, why does he have a son in this movie? Why is that part of it? Like, they're supposed to have a happy ending at the end. And I never at any point in this movie, like, even cared about his kid or thought that he cared about his kid. So for that to be the climactic, like, reason he gives up everything, I thought was just ridiculous. And that's the whole, like, catch of the movie. So that kind of ruins it for me right there. But um, outside of that, I think the very first 20 minutes of this movie in, like, Themyscira is the best of the movie in a whole um, I love every time we go back there and having younger Diana in whatever kind of Amazonian Olympic games those were. Um, it's really interesting to watch and an interesting way to portray the character that I don't know if you get that in comics or if you don't, but that's very interesting for me. And I have seen that we are going to get a series of just the mascara, which I think will be really cool after um, Wonder Woman is gone. So I don't believe she's in it, but I think that'll be very interesting. And then, uh, as far as I know, Cheetah is Wonder Woman's biggest nemesis throughout the comics. And I think she's just very not fleshed out in this movie. And I don't really understand the portrayal from Kristen Wiig. I don't really blame her. I think it's what she was given. But um, she has so many attributes as far as like her comedy acting and her timing with people and I think that's just kind of like pulled away from her and I don't know if this is supposed to be a little bit more serious or what it was but you get time with a lot of different characters in this movie but at the same point I don't feel like the storyline for Cheetah or for Pedro Pascal is really walked out like do you agree? Yeah I mean I you know we've gotten a lot of Pedro Pascal over the last couple of years. True. Uh, he you know is the the main character in the Mandalorian, uh, you know, he, he pops up here and there, um, throughout, you know, TVs and movies. I thought he was a caricature of a caricature. Like he was so over the top and so, you know, just what's come up with the most stereotypical shuckster charlatan businessman, uh, that didn't really have a whole lot of substance to him. Um, he didn't do it for me. Uh, Kristen Wiig, I thought, like, in the first half of the movie, when she's playing her human self, I thought she was very endearing. I thought she was a very charming character. Um, but just the writing and her whole, you know, CG and costume aesthetic for being the cheetah just didn't hold water at all, really. Yeah, her action scene is just kind of like, I don't really know what's happening, and... Is she alive or dead at the end? Does she still have her powers at the end? I think Patty Jenkins has come out and stated that she is definitely alive at the end. Um, not knowing whether she's going to have her powers or not anymore. Because I don't... The way I understood the movie is that she got two wishes. And the first one was to be like Diana. And the second one was to be like a cheetah, basically. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if um, the wishes going away means she's not like the cheetah form anymore, but she still has all the powers like Diana. I mean, that was unanswered. I don't really understand. Like, you bring Chris Pine back. Why is he not just back as Chris Pine? Why is he in another guy's body that you then use and walk around in and what happened to that guy while you were in his body and at the end he like randomly runs into Di to Diana and they're like supposed to have a spark and she's supposed to find love again I don't like I don't just don't know what the purpose of any of that was and it was really hard to like follow in that circumstance but on a lighter note I do think there were some great things in this movie I think the action sequence when they're 
in the desert, wherever that is in the movie. I think that's fantastic. I think the use of showing her with the lasso is amazing. Her learning how to fly, I guess, is supposed to be tied into Steve knowing how to fly and yada yada. And that's where she gets the courage to be able to do so. That's cool that she can be able to do that by the end. Um, but I just don't think that the good outweighed the bad in this movie. So um, another kind of disappointment from DC. But I would definitely say it's still top tier in the league of what is the DCEU. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I I think this movie is definitely worth a, a rewatch. I, I thought it was so disjointed. There were so many times in this movie where I was like, where are we? What is exactly, what are we supposed to know? What is supposed to be happening? Um, I thought that, I thought that the, the characters in this movie are good. You know, Gal plays, a, you know, a top-notch Wonder Woman. She is, you know, we're in a young enough generation where she is our Wonder Woman. Um, I'm blanking on her name, uh, but at the very end of the movie, in the post credit scene, you see the original TV Wonder Woman uh, come back as the 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 ancient Amazon warrior who uh, Gal referenced earlier in the movie. Um, so, you know, who is also considered to kind of be a legendary uh, type performance um, for that character. Chris Pine, uh, I think, is woefully underutilized in this movie uh you know they bring him back a good amount of a good amount into the movie uh and then he leaves you know before the end of the movie um i thought the way that they brought him back was like the worst way to bring him back i yeah i, I was so confused when it was just like another random guy yeah like i said like why can't you just if it brings him back why can't he just come back as himself and then have to go away again like that would totally make more sense than you inhibiting some random person's body like that just doesn't make any sense and then there was no consequences for that there was no repercussions for him for that and i right. was just like i don't think i mean the there's, point of that? there's been a lot of criticisms of this movie that have been way you know way too deep in my opinion there's been lots of like Middle Eastern portrayal of history in this movie, and like this, this Steve Trevor occupying somebody's body. There's been this whole like, you know, like rape culture criticism of the movie where I think that's this, extreme. This guy's body was taken over by somebody. Like, why didn't you just make him like, you know, maybe somebody who could only be Diana was the only one who could interact with him and kind of make him like pseudo like like ghost like yeah. or whatever mm -hmm. like. To me, that would have made, you know, as ridiculous as that sounds, that would have made much more sense than the way they portrayed it in the movie. Um, I thought a lot of the action sequences, the the middle, the the Egypt one, I believe it was Egypt. Uh, I thought that was very good. I think it was very compelling. But otherwise, there was so much CG at the end. The cheetah fight at the end was very dark, kind of hard to tell what was going on. I, the lassoing, the lightning, and the flying thing just felt knockoff Spider-Man to me, and it didn't really capture my heartstrings uh, particularly well. Um, I This movie just wasn't very good. I just don't... Like, I think this would have been a much better third Wonder Woman movie. Like, I would have liked to see... You see the original, where we're back in World War One. You bring her into the present doing whatever you're going to do in the present. And then we have a, you know, like, okay, now we're going to flash back again to a different point in her I life. I think the whole point was to not do that. That the last movie, the third movie in the trilogy is supposed to bring her to present day. Because I just don't think they know what that is yet. I think the DCAU doesn't know, oh, hey, we're not sure. We're pretty sure you're our Wonder Woman. We're not really sure who's Batman, who's Superman, who's all these other people. So we don't really know where we want to put you as far as in the whole entire universe and what year that's going to be and where that's going to be. So I think they're just kind of trying to slowly find their way into that, which is why I think this movie is still in the past. Again, though, I don't really know why it has to be 1984. Like, yeah, there's a lot of funny, cute, like, 80s callbacks in this movie, but what about that year? What about the 80s? There's nothing to do with, like, any of that specifically, in my opinion, that really mattered in the end. Like, yeah, it just you, didn't really matter. It could have been the 70s. It could have been the mm -hmm, 90s. For sure. It could have been the 2000s. Like, it just didn't really matter. 
So I was just kind of like, okay, well, I mean, between the music and the clothes, I guess that's the 80s. I guess people like that. So I mean, I, we were pretty young in the 80s, so okay. I don't really, it doesn't pull at my heartstrings really at all. Um, I, I mean, I guess like the, the, the fashion, I think for sure was, you know, a big callback to the 80s, but even the music, I was expecting a lot of like classic 80s songs to be in the soundtrack of this movie. Yeah, the music was really downplayed from what I was expecting it to be, because I thought it was going to be like, oh, you know, another 80s hit, another 80s hit kind of thing, even if it's in the background. And then along with the music, I just thought the iconic Wonder Woman music is just not really used in this movie. And like, why? I don't understand. That was one of the best parts of the first movie is when that music kicks in and you just like feel energized watching the movie with her. And like, why not do that again? Why not have that move that moment? Like that moment is iconic and amazing. Like you took that away from all of us. And I just don't understand that choice. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, so in my opinion, the best half an hour of the entire DCEU starts when, in Batman vs. Superman, Batman is about to get destroyed by Doomsday, and the Wonder this is the first time that we hear the Wonder Woman music, and she comes in, she protects Batman, and then Superman comes in, and they fight Doomsday in the whole like last part of the movie. Um she has such a great introduction into the DCU, and really, like again, I think she is she is carrying the movie franchise. Like I think Jason Momoa does very well. I thought I enjoyed Aquaman quite a bit. I think the first Wonder Woman movie is in its here all by itself in the DCEU as by far the best movie. Yeah, I mean, her introduction in that movie is, like, the only good thing in that movie, so... I I think that there's a good movie trapped inside Batman versus yeah, Superman. Yeah, that's what everyone says, If but you cut, like, an hour out of that movie... That doesn't matter. You didn't put it on the screen, so I'm not gonna sit here and try to find it in your movie that's terrible for me to watch over and over again. Like, no, the movie's just bad, so. I'm not saying that it's a good movie, but I'm saying if you take... The, you know, the time from after the ridiculous Martha scene until the end of the movie. That is a, that is a really good chunk of DCEU right there. And that, that might be, you know, one of the very few good chunks of Yeah, of the I mean, movie I think franchise. you have this, this same thing kind of in Civil War when it's Iron Man versus um, Captain, Captain America. America. And that's just done so much better that to watch this again is just like painful like why do i want to watch this this is so bad like i just don't yeah i mean it's doomsday and wonder woman and batman and superman all together if you really screw that up then you probably shouldn't be making movies but the whole thing before that is a lot to have to get through to get to that point and i just don't think it's even worth it well this is the problem this is the problem right is so dcu doesn't have the marvel kevin feige equivalent there's no one person who has a vision for the franchises as a whole uh, that's like, okay, we're going to introduce each character and each character is going to have its own solo movie and then we're going to bring them all together and now you've been invested in those characters so these big team-up movies actually are, you know, thrilling and have a payoff to them. You know, you get Batman versus Superman, you've had Superman movies uh, already. Just one. Uh, just you've you've at least had Man of Steel. Um, you you hadn't had Ben Affleck as Batman yet, right? No, don't believe so. Uh, and and so Batman he doesn't have a solo movie, right? Right. So Batman versus Superman, where you also bring in Wonder Woman for the first time. Yeah, your biggest character, Batman, mm-hmm. doesn't have a solo movie. How is that even possible? Like, even if you don't have a person saying, "Hey, this is how it should go." Anyone that works for the DC Corporation, how do you not say, hey, Batman should probably have his own movie. Like, when you're making a Superman movie, the next thought is Batman. I don't understand how you screw that up. Like, what are you doing? And then it's so crazy to think that, like, for all the issues that we have with Batman versus Superman, you more so than I do. It's even worse when Justice League comes around. Oh my god! Because Justice League is straight garbage. Yeah. And again, that's a movie where you add in Aquaman, The Flash, Cyborg. Yeah. None of those characters have had a solo movie when Justice League came out. 
The Aquaman movie comes out after Justice right. League. We still don't have a Flash movie. Still don't have a Cyborg movie. Might not ever have those movies mm-hmm. um, at the rate that we're going. And again, I DC said, look, we're never going to be Marvel, and that's fine. Um, we're going to be darker and less fun, and maybe that appeals to some people. It doesn't appeal to me. I mean, I don't mind the darker side of it, but I think you have to make it cohesive for people to understand. Like, you can't just throw me into a movie that has, like, six superheroes in it, half of which I've never met, and a bad guy that's never been introduced at all, and I'm supposed to be able to sit down and understand what the hell is going on and who these people are and have any kind of investment in what's happening. Like, that just is ridiculous and a lot to ask of people. And then to have a terrible script on top of it... Yeah, that's why your movie is terrible and no one likes it because you threw everybody into it and expected, oh, well, we're just going to throw all these superheroes in it and people will then like it. Whoops, that didn't actually happen. And I know we're getting, you know, Zack Snyder's cut of it or whatever, (laughs) and we'll see what that's like. But at the same time, like, I just, it blew up in their face. And I think they have had small things that have worked. And if you just focus on the singular movie and maybe not the overall thing, like, Marvel does maybe your wheelhouse is just in the single one-off movies or the just strictly the Batman trilogy the Batman trilogy before the MCU was even a thing was probably one of the biggest trilogies ever in movies like it's all people talked about when it came to Batman and it was great everyone loves it but you have to evolve from that and you know Batman's your like money so why didn't you start there why didn't you start there, do Superman, do Batman, and then expand from there with people that people don't really know? So, I mean, I think Aquaman's good, too. Aquaman's fine. I think Shazam is great. So, I think there are movies that are good in in the DCEU. I just think they have to pick and choose what to make and be a little bit more picky about the scripts and what people are going to like, I think. Hopefully it gets better. I mean, we still have more coming. So, I mean, we have a new Suicide Squad. Hopefully that's a lot better than the first one. And, I mean, hopefully they just wait then to do a big Justice League-ish movie again until we get a little bit more familiar with a lot of these characters and we can actually be invested into what's happening. I mean, you can never shake the Marvel comparison, right? Marvel no. did Marvel did like 20 movies and you have little bits of Thanos. You have a post credit scene. You know you're building towards something before you, after many, many movies, you finally get to Infinity War. I'm sure DC just said, hey, we need to, we need to catch up. We need to be competitive. And, you know, let's, you know, we saw that the big team up movies made a billion dollars for Marvel. Let's try and do it with Batman and Superman, who are as popular, if not more popular than most of the characters in the MCU, mm-hmm. just from a pop, you know, comics and Toys and, and that kind of cartoons stuff. and zeitgeist, you know, kind of perspective. Um, but they just they, they they screwed it up so bad. So let's let's do a quick rundown. I, I know you got the the list of movies pulled up. We'll just give brief thoughts um, on just how much of a mess the DCU is right now. Okay, well, I think we started with Man of Steel, which I'm mm-hmm. gonna be honest. I think I've watched one time. And it was fine. I have no attachment to Superman. I think Superman is just, like, all-powering. So any kind of villain he faces, I'm kind of like, hi, you're funny. Unless it's, like, has kryptonite. I don't really I don't really get into Superman. But So I would give that a mediocre. Like, if we're giving it out of five stars, I would say Man of Steel is a two. Sure. I mean, I don't, you know, I it's been so long since I've seen this movie. I don't love, you're going to, you, you know how bad I am with actors. So the actor that plays Superman, Henry Cavill, mm-hmm. I like him quite a bit in The Witcher, and he's fine in the DCEU. It's just Superman has always been kind of a you know a, a pinnacle of humanity, uh, you know the best that humanity can be, and he's just so Dark. dour <laughs> and negative in in these movies. Uh, Wonder Woman in the DCEU has really been like what Superman historically has been, and then as you said, like. You know, super. There's just a huge overpoweredness problem with Superman, yeah. And that manifests itself no more perfectly than in Justice League, mm-hmm. where you have this giant big bad who's you know kicking everybody's butt, 
and then they finally resurrect Superman, and Superman comes in at the end and just wipes the floor with this guy. Right, exactly. And I think uh, Man of Steel does a little bit better job of not being so dark. Like, I mm-hmm. think it's actually not as bad as he definitely is in Batman vs. Superman. I think that's where it takes a turn for the worst. So if you want to go into that one next, I and mean, we've already gone over it a little bit, but I do think Wonder Woman's the best part of that movie. Um, and I just think Ben Affleck is not my Batman, so... He can take a hike, and I'm glad that lasted, you know, one movie, and that shit was gone. He's fine. Like, I'm not, like, super opposed to him. You know, I don't, you know, is he my Batman? Like, no. Like, I, you know, I don't really, you know, there's a lot of good actors who have played Batman. Um, He's got to be one of the worst. (laughs) um, But, I again, there's so much, you know, crap in this movie. Like, the whole, like... Uh, Lex Luthor senator plot line and there's just you could easily trim an hour out of this movie. for sure and that like Lex Luthor is the biggest bad like why you could have done that easily but it doesn't have to be so and then you add Doomsday depth. into yeah, it yeah there's a lot going on so uh, I I do I do think there is a good movie trapped in here and I do love the last half an hour of this movie yeah biggest mistake of this movie is I think just not making it just a Batman movie Make it a Batman yeah. and a Lex Luthor movie, and it has nothing to do with Superman. And if you want to introduce Wonder Woman somehow, too, on the side, that's fine. But just make it a Batman movie. Okay, so what else What do we have next in the queue? Okay, then I think we went to Suicide Squad. It has to be bottom five worst superhero movies of the past two decades. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of characters in that movie that aren't terrible, I don't think Will Smith's character is terrible. I don't think um, Harley Quinn is terrible. Margot in that Robbie movie. is yeah. I think both of those characters aren't really bad. I think most of the rest of that movie is kind of awful. So I know a couple of the people are returning for the new Suicide Squad movie, but I don't think it's any of the like bigger name people. So uh, hopefully, I mean, this one is going to be James Gunn, and I think it's just gonna be a hundred times better than what we got the first time around so i am excited to see the new one but the first one is definitely like a one on my i i'm not i'm not even excited to see this movie jared leto is the worst joker that has ever been created is he in the new one i i don't know but he's in the he's in the original one and he's awful yeah he is he's Um, really bad so hard pass on this movie okay i think then we go to justice league which is just like, so you literally gave us a Superman movie, a Batman and Superman movie, and Suicide Squad that has none of the people that are in Justice League, mm. is how, what we have before we get to Justice League. And we've gone through this, so that's a both a big no for us with Justice League. Justice League is trash. Yeah. So that if that could be a zero, I'd probably give that a zero. Yep, I agree. So, and then I think we go to Aquaman. I like which Jason I like Mo. Aquaman as mm-hmm. well. I think Aquaman, I would probably give four stars out of five. I really like Aquaman. I think it's, um, if I give Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman, a five, Aquaman would be right beneath that. I think he plays the, like, douchey Aquaman character pretty well. I mean, how do you, like, play an Aquaman? And that has to be, like, the corniest superhero that exists. Like He's he a has superhero fins. that can talk to fish. Yeah, like, like so who are you going to get that's going to, like, play that well and I think it was really interesting to like watch a movie that's supposed to be set completely like underwater basically and to be able to pull that off and it not be like cartoonish and ridiculous I think they did a really good job Mm -hmm. and yeah there's some comical moments where he like rides on some of the like whales or whatever when he's like in a huge battle scene like that's kind of comical but at the same time like i think they did a really good job and i'm looking forward to the next movie in that series so i think when they pull uh aquaman down to the trench and Mm -hmm. into the part where all the beasts or whatever i think that is some of the coolest looking yeah visuals I remember seeing that in the theater, and you were just like, wow, that's sweet. Like, um, I think this movie looks amazing, um, and and just is really like, you know, I agree with you. Like, Wonder Woman is in the tier all by itself. The tier right below it for me, Aquaman and Shazam, mm-hmm. um, which let's just jump ahead to Shazam real quick. Yeah, I mean, I think Shazam is their guardians, maybe? Like, the really, like, comedy, funny, <laughs> like... We're not here to be take ourselves too seriously kind of situation. And I really enjoyed Shazam. I think, like I said, the comedy is like top tier in that. I would put it at a um, probably a four right with Aquaman 2. 
and stick Wonder Woman still at the top, but I'm looking forward to the next one in that series as well and how it ended, you know, involves like his entire family and everything like that. So I think the villain situation in that movie is not great either, but um, I think he does an excellent job as Shazam. Yeah, uh, I, 100%. And it just poses the, you know, DC being all over the place. Like, they go dark, dark, dark. That they That's what they feel they need to do to separate themselves uh, from the MCU. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't be this dark anymore. And then you get Wonder Woman, and you get Shazam, and you get Aquaman, and it's not as dark anymore. Right. Um, yeah, I think Zachary Levi just comes in and really has, like, an upbeat personality and is happy more so than he's, like, in this dark place. And between him and Jason Momoa, I think it just gave it kind of a fresh blanket of let's get rid of all this depressing and, like, Batman and Superman hate each other kind of thing and go at a different angle. And I think that really worked for them. And I think they should try to stick to that. No, don't try to be Marvel, but you don't have to be, like, the dark and gloomy 24-7. For sure. All right, what's next? Um, and then I think we're to Birds of Prey, which <laughs> um, I think on initial watch, I liked this movie. And then the more I thought about this movie, I was like, mm, I don't really think I like this movie. So, and I haven't rewatched it, which I think I definitely should, because I think the only time I've ever watched it was when we saw it in theaters. But I like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I think she does a really good job. And I think she does great in fight sequences in this movie. And I think she does carry the movie. But I just think that it's kind of silly and a little over the top. I think the fight choreography in this movie was very good. Um, and I do, I did like the, you know, kind of like graphic novel style like visualizations the comic books you know with how her character kind of fought or whatever it wasn't a hundred percent you know just straight uh you know normal world or whatever um but you and i both think that we thought this was going to be like a team-up movie like a, yeah a, all of the characters and it really yeah it's was. called birds of prey like that's a group specifically right but then i think they end up renaming it you know to add to focus it more on the emancipation of one harley quinn yeah. um and this is a huge issue for me. Like, I understand that a lot of people can probably handle this, but the fact that we're all over the place in the continuity, you know, you have the Superman, Batman, Batman versus Superman, Justice League type movies, and then you have Suicide Swan off doing its own little thing, and then Birds of Prey, and then you have Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, and you just got, like... Yeah, things, nothing is cohesive at all. You got all. things all over the place. This new Matt Reeves Batman movie that's coming out, like, it doesn't seem to necessarily I don't think he's going to be the future Batman. I don't think it has anything in, to do with anything. In the continuity, you have the Chris Nolan movies from way back in the day. It's just, like, it's all over the place. It's a mess. You know, I don't... I, I will see probably a good chunk of these movies. I'm not excited at all. And if I don't end up seeing them, I, I'm not super down about it. I mean, I know you have a personal affection for the flash and that yeah may or may i not mean happen, but like going forward is there anything that you're excited to actually look forward to see then probably not i am looking forward to the flash that movie is just been in production hell so god only knows what we're gonna get when we get there but the flash is my favorite dc character probably and then it's probably the arrow so Neither of which have been, you know, brought to the big screen because I'm just not even going to include Justice League because that character was a joke. Um, and I just really hope I get to see them on the big screen because I really, really like both of the CW shows for those characters. And I think they did that really well when it was in the first few seasons. And I really hope they can figure out a way to bring them to the big screen and for it to work well. So hopefully um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for DC. I think they're slowly getting there and realizing maybe they didn't start in the greatest spot. And I think they will hopefully get there at some point soon. Yeah. I don't have any personal animosity towards them. It's just they, they've lost in comparison to Marvel. I mean, but even if they were doing well, Marvel's always going to be ahead of them. Marvel's just done something that no one ever expected them to be able to pull off. And I think it's just like, yeah, they have their movies and, oh, that movie's not that great. But that movie's still better than 90% of the DC movies. Yeah. So really in the large like picture, they're doing really, really well. And we'll see what comes next of Marvel because they're starting all over again. So mm -hmm. can they do it again? 
or are they going to be on a lot more even footing with DC? We'll have to wait and see. And Kevin Feige, we trust, is how well I'll choose. <laughs> True. The, is how I'll choose the clothes. DC, out. find your Kevin Feige. I am available if you would like me to help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we started with Wonder Woman 1984, and not not a huge fan. We are literally just coming off of our watch of Soul, which again is the newest Pixar movie. It's available on Disney Plus. Uh, for anybody to see, there's no special charge for it like there was for Mulan initially when when that came out. We are we had our uh, six year old son. Uh, up, I don't think he made it through most of it. Up, up for the first part of this movie, uh, he conked out at one point, and this is this is how I will describe Soul. Soul was wonderful. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a very good movie. Uh, it just seems weird, and again, I'm not as up on the most recent slate of Pixar movies, but where what I remember Pixar movies being as kids will enjoy them and love them, but there's plenty for adults. This just seemed like a movie for adults, you know, that had uh, a, a man and a cat wandering around together that might entertain some kids. Um, but I, I love this movie. I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I agree with you mostly. Like, I think this movie was excellent. I do oddly think that this is way more of an adult movie than a kid movie. I mean, maybe, like, kids Max's age, our oldest son, who's about to turn seven, can like it. I don't think that they would love it. I don't think it's something that they would rewatch over and over again, like a lot of Disney and Pixar movies are. But to be an adult and sit down and watch an animated movie that really just holds your attention for the entire, you know, hour and 45 minutes it's on your screen and have jokes and funny parts and be really kind of serious. I think they did such a good job and I would give this um, movie a top tier. It's very good. For sure. I mean, I was so pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, are we going to, you know, be treated to another, uh, you know, mediocre movie? Again, I would love to have seen these movies on a big screen. Uh, this is a brisk 100 minutes in comparison to what felt like forever with uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, and really just, you know, there's historical humor in this movie with all of the different mentors that the, uh, you know, kind of lost soul. Yeah, uh, um, George 20... Orwell, that part was hilarious. <laughs> yes, the 22 character uh, in the movie uh, and all of uh, her different mentors and and all the comedy that, again, very adult. I mean, mm-hmm. again, you know, unless you've sat through high school social studies, you might yeah, not get I mean, all I don't the... think any kid under 10 is going to know who any of those people right. are. Um, I love that it had, like, it had fleshed out, like, it's, again, this is very important in the science fiction fantasy genre. Like, your world should have rules. You should explain how the world works, and you follow it, and it, it adds a whole lot of substance to the movie. So... You know, the fact that he, you know, he kind of died and he was kind of in limbo. Um, and, you know, and they explain, you know, how people come back into Earth and how people get their personalities and all that. Um, and how he gets to go back, back and forth between, you know, the physical world and the, you know, and the spiritual world. Uh, really just a well thought out movie. I thought there was plenty of physical comedy, you know, with the fact that, uh, the guy was sent back into a body of a cat, and uh, the the spirit was sent back into his body. Yeah, I mean, that's a normal movie trope of, you know, the body switch and right. how that person figures out how to walk in the other person's shoes and yada, yada, yada. And they just did a really good job of framing the movie so you don't really think that that's what the movie is when you go into it. And I definitely didn't think that that's what the movie is at the end of it. I mean, there's just so much depth to this movie of this character, and you spend... 100% of the movie with him. I mean, is there a scene that doesn't include him in this movie? Mm-hmm. I don't really think so. So, I mean, it was great. He fleshed him out and to see, you know, the other parts of his mom and the boutique that she was in and the barber and trying to find your purpose in life. I just think a lot of people go through that and try to figure out what they want to do for the rest of their lives. And a lot of people struggle with that. And it's just a very real situation that most of America goes through and most of the world. So I thought it was just really deep and really fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, this basically makes philosophy enjoyable. This is, uh, you know, this movie poses the existential questions of what is our purpose and what makes us, you know, what, 
is contributes value to society and what makes our life meaningful. But it, it you know, it shows it in a very fun way. Right. And I, I think if anything has shown us this year with everything that's gone on is to just enjoy living life and in having mm-hmm. people around you and the littlest things, you know, being enjoy being able to go outside and go for a walk because that's all I literally can do with my life right now. And, you know, enjoy those little things that we get so wrapped up in all of the big things that all the little things is really what living is. And I think that's really hard to portray in a movie without like spelling it out kind mm-hmm. of thing. And they do a really good job of just like putting you on the roller coaster and you get there by the end. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, and again, I feel like I, you know, I've fallen into this trap at, at various points in my life or whatever. You're always, like, looking for, like, the culmination. Like, you're going to, like, you've won life at some point. Like, there's a destination that you're mm-hmm. going to get to at the end. And then the movie reminds you, hey, like, what you're actually doing in the day-to-day, in your day-to-day life is actually really valuable. To, you know, stop and kind of smell the roses and, and think about that in a, you know, every day, every moment type scenario. So this this movie was fantastic. Uh, we highly recommend it. I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney is just taking over the world. Uh, you know, between Pixar, uh, between Marvel, Star Wars. I mean, really, they're doing everything right now. Um, so this movie is available on Disney Plus. Highly re- recommend you seek it out. Yep, go watch it. All right, so uh, we're gonna start wrapping things up. But before we leave, uh, we're going to move on to our list of the week. It's the list of the week. Okay, April. So in our very first episode, Andy and I did our very first list on our Mount Rushmore of best Disney movies. And you told me before we started, you're like, why are you doing a top four list? Why are you calling it Mount Rushmore? Just make it a top five list. Everybody knows what a top five list is. Who makes it a Mount Rushmore list? That's just, people don't do that. That's weird. I just think it's a nice piece of symbolism. You know, you have the four, you know, four of our most highly regarded presidents. I feel like the only people that use that analogy is like sports. Who's the Mount Rushmore of basketball? Who's I mean, the Mount Rushmore? Not just so you don't have to pick one person. Like, what? I mean, this is a heavy Bill Simmons trope that I've <laughs> stolen. So, for sure. So, okay. Um, so... We gave our list. I'm going to remind people that my four movies were Aladdin, Lion King, Hercules, and The Jungle Book. (laughs) And since you gave me so much crap about having just the top four list, I want to go ahead and induct a fifth movie into my Disney Hall of Fame, make it a, a nice, even top five list. Oh, so you get to give yours before I even give my list. I'm going to give my one movie, Moana. Congratulations, you have been inducted into my top five. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, my uh, children, our children, I should say, wow, <laughs> uh, have just uh, watched this movie over and over and over again over the last couple of months. It really is a wonderful movie. Uh, the soundtrack is, you know... It, I mean, who knew The Rock could sing? I it, mean, maybe he probably can't, <laughs> but he can sing in this movie. It, it This soundtrack, I think, pushes The Lion King as a... It, it, this is a top-tier Disney soundtrack. Yes. Uh, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda, we really need to get on Hamilton and actually watch that. I know. Don't tell me we don't watch that yet. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, world, we have not yet watched Hamilton. It's like three hours. We have three kids, and I need to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, um, but it is on the to-do list in 2021. Um, so the the soundtrack is amazing. Uh, the Rock is hysterical. Uh Moana herself is a really inspirational character. You have the whole coming of age and, you know, do you just do what your, you know, your family and your traditions always have been or do you strike out on your own? Um, visually, this movie looks beautiful. Uh, you know, the, the end fight scenes, uh, the, again, the music is just, can't, can't say that the music, uh, uh, can't talk about the music more highly. Um, in this movie. Yes. And this movie does make my top five. So we do agree on that. Okay. And we have one more movie that we agree upon. And then the rest is just not even close. <laughs> okay. So we're going to give you a chance to give your top five. I'm, you, you've already kind of showed your hand. 
uh, go ahead and tell us why Moana is also on your top five list. Um, yeah, so I'd never watched this movie when it first came out. I think we first showed it to our kids probably like a year ago, maybe, if that. If that. And it just was like, okay, this is pretty cute. I like this. It has funny moments and stuff. And then the more they watch it, I was just like, this movie is, as you said, music is fantastic. It's compelling to watch. The Rock is hilarious. I mean, literally, we'll watch anything that The Rock is in. Mm -hmm. I just think he's a fantastic actor, and he is hysterical, and... So it's great. So that's why it makes my top five list because we have to do top five. Top four is ridiculous. Um, and then I also have The Lion King as well as you do. So, I mean, The Lion King is also played in our household a lot, but also top tier music and just so wholesome. And, I mean, it's sad that a parent has to die in, like, every Disney movie, and that's just what the trope is for Disney movies. But it's great. And then... Mary Poppins is, of course, on my list because it is by far my favorite Disney movie. Um, I mean, I, how do you just not want to go fly a kite? Come on. Overrated. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, and then, and to say that, the um, sequel Mary Poppins movie with Emily Blunt, which I was very critical of before it came out and very worried because I was like, just don't touch my movie. Like, just go away. Please don't. You've left it alone for this long. No one can come close to Julie Andrews. Why are you even trying? And then I watched it and I was like, this is actually pretty good. And I like this. So props to Emily Blunt. I was very impressed. Very good movie too. It is not on my list though. So Mary Poppins, Lion King, and Moana. I also added in Toy Story. I just think Toy Story is um, top tier as far as a kid movie. It's gripping for kids. It's gripping for adults. It's so wholesome. You can literally watch four of them. Not that they're all great, but most of them are. And how do you go wrong with Buzz and Woody? And then my last movie to round it out is Frozen. I think Frozen is fantastic. I love it. <laughs> picking on my oldest son who just cannot stand this movie and stand the music to this movie and the music is great and yeah let it go gets old after my middle son plays the Olaf that we have that sings it after the hundredth time throughout the day however it's such a good music movie that came out a lot later than most of the Disney movies that have a great music soundtrack and I just think it is an achievement all on its own, and if you haven't realized that by all of the Frozen shit that's everywhere over the last few years, then you're living under a rock. So um, I think it also makes my top five. So Mary Poppins, Lion King, Moana, Toy Story, and Frozen. Okay, so I have some notes on this list. No one cares about the Jungle Book, so just get out. Your Jungle Book <laughs> slander is really distressing. Uh Again, you need to sit down and actually watch this movie with me and your son. I have. There's one good song in this movie. That's a lie. The Bare Necessities is the only decent song That's in this movie. That is a complete falsehood. And I just, this movie doesn't hold my attention at all. I Want to Be Like You with King Louie is classic. Trust in Me, My Ka, is your son dies laughing every time that happens. This he also movie, likes Peter Pan. Like this movie, especially if you have to adjust it for how old it is, is exceptional. And I will not stand for Jungle Book slander on this podcast. The Jungle Book is overrated. Okay, so again, I can't obviously fight Moana and Lion King. They are on my list. Uh, what do you have to say for yourself about not including Aladdin on your top five? I like Aladdin. I think Aladdin's sequels are a joke, but. I do like the original movie. It is good. I just don't think the music is as top tier as some of the older movies. Jafar is a really good villain. Um, I will give it that. Jasmine's just like the typical like princess that falls in love with the guy and total princess movie. And that's fine, like for what it is, but um, I don't know. I just don't think. I mean, when you're like top character is a rug, I don't really. I mean, I so just, you hate Robin Williams? No, I did not. He's not the rug. He's the <laughs> genie, and he's fantastic in the movie. But I just don't. It's just not my top five. It'd be in top ten. It's just not my top five. Yeah, I I think I'm overdue for an Aladdin rewatch because honestly, if I had the, if you had to say, okay, I am going to make you give just the top four. 
I think Aladdin might actually be the movie that I bump out of my bumped out of my top yeah. four to add Moana, and so it it deserves another rewatch. Uh, to when I think it for us, like it's hard to not just pick the movies that were around when we were little and we watched them a hundred times. Like right. it's hard to walk away from Aladdin and Lion King, mm-hmm. and you know that stuff that was 101 Dalmatians. Like it's hard to like walk away from those movies and just be like, oh, but these movies that came out later are actually better. We've just watched that one movie so many times. It's like ingrained in our brains so i mean i can walk away from 101 dalmatians quite easily i am stoked for the live action 101 (laughs) dalmatians so i will go watch that by myself if i need to Uh, again i i love hercules i understand that's not on everybody's that's not on everybody's uh, top 10 list and toy story toy story is probably like number six for me like again you can't deny um you know how great that movie is, and if Andy were here and he would be screaming about how he didn't necessarily think Pixar was to be included in his original list, <laughs> and I am sure he would have Toy Story. I don't know one, two, three, and four on his list, but uh, yeah, no, no qualms uh, for me on that one. And again, Mary Poppins, you know, I I res I respect the movie. It doesn't hold. Uh, you know, that special place in my heart that it clearly does for you. Uh, but, I'm, but I'm not going to trash it. Yeah, I think everyone just has their, like, singular Disney movie that they became obsessed with as a kid that you just, like, maybe nobody else really likes it, but you just love it. Yours is Hercules, and mine is Mary Poppins. And if I could have everything to do with Mary Poppins, I would. And when you go to Disney, there's, like, nothing with Mary Poppins on it. So maybe they should correct that. I mean, I think it kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the list. I think that brings us to the end of the show. Is there anything else that you want to say about, you know, movies or anything else? Your your thoughts on the start of 2021 before we uh, take off here? The start of 2021 hasn't felt much different than 2020 yet. So I am really hoping that we get to a better place here in the next couple weeks when we get a new president and that the tides start to turn and I can get my vaccine so I can have my chip in me where so everyone can find me wherever I am. (laughs) And I can't wait to do that. So I'm looking forward to it. But I mean, on a movie note, maybe we can sit down and do this with the MCU one day because that is way more thrilling and way more exciting. So before it kicks off here next Friday, WandaVision starts. So maybe when WandaVision's over, we can give a WandaVision recap before we get into Winter Soldier. MCU just beats out the DCEU all day long. Yeah, I mean, it's really no contest, so. All right, well, I, I hope you guys enjoyed this. This has been another episode of Buckeye Dads Discuss, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me. Buckeye Dads Discuss is a podcast hosted by Andy and Josh. It's edited by April. You can find us on social media at Buckeye Dads on Twitter, and you can email the show at Buckeye Dads Discuss at gmail.com.